I'm Teffer. I'm Bailey. And I'm Eunice. Welcome to Yeah, a show where we talk about young adult lit and what it can teach us at any age. This is our book club and you're invited. Yeah! We'd like to take this time to acknowledge that the studio where we record is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. We encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and the indigenous communities of that area. So this week, we're taking just a teeny departure from our regular content, and we are talking about The Babysitter's Club, not the books, but the Netflix series that came out this year. It's delightful. I love it. I'm quite sure a lot of our listeners have watched it. I know at least a couple of you have watched it, actually. And we thought it would be fun to just have a little chat about... uh, TV for a change. We have done this in the past. We've talked about movies based on books before. Um, And so we're just kind of getting back into a different kind of YA media. How'd y'all feel about it? I did not know how I was going to feel going in. I did not read these books as a kid, so I I had heard good things. So I was like, all right, let's see. Um, I will make a confession that I'm a little bit embarrassed about, but um, you're welcome. I have never, up until this point, I have never watched an entire season of a TV show in one day. Uh, I watched this entire season in one day. (laughs) That was not on purpose. It just happened. That's all. (laughs) I also watched this in one day. Um, I think I started in the evening, but then like, embarrassingly stayed up till 3 a.m. to finish and there was like a point where I started crying in one of the episodes and then I couldn't stop crying in the consequent episodes but yes um, I grew up reading Babysitter's Club I wasn't like it wasn't like fandom hardcore like following but like a lot of the books that I read mostly because it's like a huge series was Babysitter's Club, like probably when I was in third grade. Um, So it actually is kind of weird that this is YA, but um, I feel like it is a little bit because um, it's like a gateway into YA, like um, reading YA for me, or like part of my reading journey. Also that like, the audience for this show is definitely, like, twofold, right? Like, the people who grew up reading Babysitter's Club and then the kids that are, like, that age group now that they're targeting to, like, kind of get it back into the fold of, um, like, gaining new followers for this series. Um, so I think this show did a really good job in, like, that nostalgia factor of like appeasing the old fans, but also making a show where which, which was really accessible um, to new fans. I love the series; it was great. 
I'm really glad we have one person on here who read the books because uh, I did not read the books. I, um, my family, as has been established before, are literary snobs, and I definitely got it into my head that like babysitters' clubs books aren't worth reading. And for some reason, I just never challenged that. And now I might read them. I did not watch the show in one day because I have children who have aged me like 20 years. But um, I did watch it subsequent nights very quickly. Uh, I also cried a lot at it. And I just really want to highlight Mark Evan Jackson as the absolute treasure that he is in any role um but i have so much trouble believing him as a straight man yeah i i agree with this assessment of mark evan jackson i was like delighted that he was there i do i find him very believable as a clueless like semi-clueless but also very very well-meaning father but not believable as a straight man um he could be bi we don't know um, my reason for not having read them is very different from Teffer's, which is I was trying to figure this out because I was really into babysitting as a teenager, but I think these books are written for slightly younger than than like the age of the protagonists. Um, and when I was that age, I was only interested in reading books that were about animals. Um, so I missed the Babysitter's Club window. But yeah, it's such a it's such a good show, and I really like what you were talking about, Eunice, how it appeals both to, both to people who have read the books and people who haven't, and I think it also similarly does a really good job of appealing um, and being being useful and valuable to both the audience that's the age of the characters and and an older audience which is something we talk about a lot with YA books as well so I I thought that was an interesting sort of like tie-in and reason why it's cool to talk about it on this show which is that I think it's doing a lot of similar things to what YA novels are doing these days which is very cool. Yeah um, I think that the reason this works is because the 90s are kind of making a comeback right now in the way like trends like repeat and so I think that's kind of a big part of it um, and I also like just like the same thing in YA where we're seeing um, like tropes that have been kind of part of the canon um, like refreshed and feel fresh now um, kind of like what we were talking about with um, like Sarah Dessen episodes mm -hmm. ago and Christina Forrest doing something new with that um, trope with those tropes and those genres. Um, I think Babysitters Club as a series did that um, just with the casting choices, the changes in the storylines um, from the old books to the TV series, just making it like really fresh, but like still keeping a retro vibe. I think that's really what kind of made this um, reboot work. Yeah, there's there's so much to talk about in this reboot. It covers so much. And the diversity of experiences and families and characters um, that's portrayed is fantastic. Uh, but before we get into the serious stuff, so like who do you identify with the most closely? Who is your who is your babysitter's club? kid well teffer i would you're not going to be surprised at all by uh by my answer i i can't remember if i actually texted you about you this did. or if i put it in our in our chat 
um, in like the yeah podcast chat. But but Marianne is is the babysitter of my heart because um, she's such like a sweet anxious muffin who just wants to please everybody and is kind of terrified of the world, but can also be brave when she needs to. So yeah, I'm, I'm very much Marianne. Growing up reading these books, um, I definitely identified with Marianne um, as well, um, just because it was just like the um, the right character for someone who's like more quiet, more bookish, um, and kind of like trying to like find herself. Like that really appealed to me, and how like she was. Um, trying to like deal with like growing up with a strict parent and how to like um, kind of be an emerging teenager with that. Um, so that like storyline for some reason really appealed to me. But now I feel like I kind of aspire to be a Christie, <laughs> like kind of like remembering the babysitter's club again through these new eyes like as an adult i'm like oh man like why wasn't i like brave enough to identify with christy and just like go full force with that <laughs> there's just like so many moments where like i want to be like as outspoken and as like sure and stubborn as her um as like if i remember my childhood um as her <laughs> but yeah that's kind of the thoughts i had watching this back again that is so nice. And I have to confess that I also have kind of a double identity thing going on here. Because when I think about my like 12 year old self, uh, I get strong Christy energy in terms of being rather outspoken and having strong opinions about how things should be done and how things should not be done um, and getting excited about causes. But I also identify a lot with Claudia. I really like Claudia. Claudia, I kind of like wish I was more like in general, um, but certainly the artsiness and um, the like relationship with a big sister who you feel like doesn't get you, the like baby of the family <laughs> thing. Um, and it's funny, like Eunice, now that you said that, when I think about that, I'm like, oh yeah, I wish I had been kind of a little bit more leaning into the artsiness and leaning into the like fashion side of things and like being okay with not having to do everything, um, which is kind of a storyline that Claudia has. Uh, so I guess what I'm saying is Christy, I identify with in a way that makes me embarrassed, and Claudia, I identify with in a way that makes me a little more comfortable. Well, I want to jump off of that um, onto something that I think is really cool about this show, and I assume also the novels, but I've only seen the show, is that the characters are very much sort of each their own very distinct type. And I think the show does a very cool job of really exploring both the strengths and weaknesses of each of their specific um, personalities and kind of character styles, which is really cool. You kind of get, you, you get a really full picture of like the ways in which like Christie's, brashness and kind of bullheadedness and take charge attitude are really good and you also get a picture of the ways in which that attitude is not always constructive and can harm her relationships and I think and I think you get that for all of the characters and I think that's really really cool 
I was just going to say, I'm sorry, my children's food just arrived and I can hear them being very loudly excited about food. That's what's going (laughs) on. (laughs) I really like that um, each person has an episode, too, um, and you kind of get into, like, their, like, narration, what they're thinking um, um, in the storyline and the way that it flows like that. That's something that was really cool about the books is that each um, I think each book was had a different person narrating like at least a chapter or something that I, th- I remember um, like each chapter began with like a journal entry because they actually like kept journals um, it, with the club um, in the books and so like you get each person's like handwriting I always thought that was really cool when I was reading the books like each person has a distinct handwriting um, and they kind of did that with the opening like scenes in the um, in the show um, but yeah like you kind of get um, their like take on what's happening throughout but I guess in this in for it to work as a TV show I really like that they've tr- they focused on like one um, girl throughout um, as an episode. I really like that. Um, I do have to say in the whole like identifying with characters, um, I think I also did really like want to be like a cool Claudia when I was younger too. Um, and just the idea of like rep- representation um, and it being the 90s and like not seeing like Asian Americans in um like media, um, I think that that was really important for me growing up. But for some reason, like it wasn't something that like I thought too hard of um, when I was reading the books as a kid. But like looking back on it, it was just really cool to see um, the diversity there and how they kind of like took that um, like babysitters as like this diverse thing in the 90s and translated that to um, the 21st century. I fully just assumed that they made her Japanese in the TV series and she was not in the book. Um, so that's cool that, that that existed. Everybody else who's a person of color was white in the books, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I believe uh, Dawn mm-hmm. was this blonde Californian girl mm-hmm. <laughs> who comes. Yeah, but like that, that choice I thought was just so perfect. The way she's, like, still from California, but she's this Latino girl. Like, it's great. Yeah, Dawn is kind of a perfect character. I really like her, and I think I kind of forgot about her um, because I was thinking of the, like, OG4, but she's so great. I I also have to give a little shout-out to Stacey um, because I will say the episode where I absolutely identified with Stacey is uh, the the boy crazy Stacy episode where Stacy just keeps flaking on everybody to to chase inappropriate boys around? Um, I don't even know which one of you is laughing right now. It could be either. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely both of us. <laughs> yeah, I just when when you started saying the episode in which I identified with Stacy, I knew exactly what you were going to say. <laughs> I'm, you know what? I'm not ashamed of it anymore. <laughs> um, you know the Lizzo song, Boys? Yeah. 
Um, but I liked that about Stacy, especially because Stacy is kind of a responsible character who's really done a lot to like stick up for herself to her parents and kind of forge her own path. Um, so I really liked seeing that that little reminder that Stacy is also still, you know, a a preteen with preteen issues. Or I guess she's a teen. I don't know how children work anymore. I mean, I think they're 12, so she's, like, right on the cusp. Um, but, yeah, I did really like that as well, that she she is in a lot of ways painted as the very mature and put-together one, but she is not immune to getting a crush on a boy and having no judgment about it because she is 12. I want to take a minute also and talk about um, the parents because I always want to talk about the parents because now I identify with them. But also because I really love the diversity of families in the book. We have the single dad, we have the single mom, we have, you know, divorced parents co-parenting and working, or no, I guess not co-parenting because Christy's dad took off, but we have a a step-parent relationship and then um, Claudia's parents who are just, you know, a a two-parent household. Uh, plus a grandmother, so you have the multi-generational household. I think it's really cool that nobody's family is exactly the same. Yeah, absolutely. The, the the family life we see in the different kinds of families, in the different kinds of parent dynamics, and how all of that is really explored, um, and the different, the different ways in which the parent, children relate to their parents. Um, you have you have some kids who are quite close to their parents. You have some kids who feel protective of their parents. You have some kids who are who feel too sheltered by their parents. You have episodes dealing with unrealistic expectations of parents. There's a lot of really cool exploration of family dynamics. Yeah, the dynamics are um, so real um, and really believable too. I love Chrissy's relationship with her mom, uh, mostly because she's played by Alicia Silverstone, who's Cher from Clueless, one yes. of my favorite movies. Um, and there were so there were like literally callbacks to that movie in the lines. Um, we could talk about that later, but um, but I love their relationship because it's just like she's Chrissy's mom is basically like this trying to be this role model for Christy um, as a single single mother and like had and has really like imparted these like feminist ideals to her um, but she's also like I'm getting married to this man because I found love and um, Christy's like I don't understand like why are you even like going back on your ideals and it's like that um, <laughs> that like as a child you kind of like oh my mom is like this or my parents are like this and like I don't understand like they're not fitting into the mold that I thought um they were um and I just like really like seeing that type of dynamic and they also have like really like a good relationship where they can like have discussions um and and just like talk to each other but you can like still see that like her mom is her mom it's not like a friend relationship um I really like that portrayal a lot yeah I really like the uh the sort of I've created a monster dynamic there I love the nod to 12 year olds who get wrapped up in a cause and like like will really like 
hold you to it in a serious way. Like, I love Christy's convictions. And I love that we get to see her mom sort of simultaneously being proud of Christy for that and being like, yeah, this is something I've been trying to instill in her. And also just like, oh, Jesus Christ, child, please, (laughs) please just let me be happy with this very nice guy. Um, But also, like, we've got to talk about her relationship with with her boyfriend and how we also see them kind of negotiating what this co-parenting, step-parenting relationship looks like. Um, and the place that comes out really is is the episode where, like, Watson Brewer keeps buying the kids things. And, <laughs> uh, and the mom is kind of, like, torn, which I totally get. Because she's, like, on the one hand, he's doing these things that are making my kids super happy. And I know he can afford them. On the other hand, he's not talking to me at all about it. And those are both situations where, like... He could have just called and said, hey, is it okay if I upgrade this? And they're they're sort of negotiating this communication. And I really appreciated that, uh, especially as somebody who who does like co-parent with a step parent, that there's always kind of this push pull of like, well, I want you to be there for my kid and I want you to be a parental figure. But also we kind of have this thing going. (laughs) Um, and like you gotta you gotta check (laughs) like um so I know for me like I really loved seeing that represented this relationship where they're they're obviously happy for each other with each other they're obviously right for each other and they still just still have these conversations they have to have in this negotiation they need to have um also Watson Brewer's creepy little daughter I die I love her so much yeah, she's fantastic. Um, I like Watson a lot as a character, and in yeah, all of the dynamics within that family, like the the parent dynamics, how they show them kind of having conflict but resolving it in a mature way, which like you don't often see on TV, adults in relationships having conflict and resolving it in a mature way because usually, like TV wants to create drama but because they're secondary characters they get to like have conflict and then resolve it in a mature way and things are fine and I really like that because we don't often see a lot of good conflict resolution modeled on TV so I think that's really cool too I really liked how that came to life um, for sure Um, I also really loved the um, relationship that Claudia has with her grandmother that whole episode I don't remember reading that in the books at all so I don't know I can't really do like a compare side-by-side comparison but that episode was just like so well done and um even just like bringing in um the relationship she has with her um her sister and her parents and how um, Claudia feels most heard um, when she's um, with her grandmother because she kind of like understands her in a way that her parents and her sister don't and just that I just felt like that was super well done um, and then like bringing in the level of like history of like Japanese internment and like that building the layer on top of that layer in that episode was just like really fabulous um they're just like that moments where she's like still kind of like annoyed at her sister but like they have 
a moment together um, where like Janine hates being touched but then like she's like okay I'll hug you in that like one moment um, there's just like so many like small little things that came up in that episode that it was just like like imperfect families like because people make mistakes but um, yeah it's it was just great yeah, I I do have to say though with Janine, like I liked seeing that relationship develop, but I really wanted Claudia's parents to step up because the way that they were parenting Janine and Claudia not wasn't just unfair to Claudia, it's also unfair to Janine. Like they were really letting Janine parent Claudia and and I believe very firmly that that's like not a good thing for either child. Like the scene where they basically let Janine decide how Claudia should be punished for getting a bad grade. And that like drove Claudia to lie about it. And like, I, I think it was really like clear that that was a bad parenting call from their uh, on them. But I really like, I really didn't like how they um, sort of let Janine be a third or I guess fourth parent to Claudia. I thought that was really irresponsible. And I'll be interested to see if that kind of gets approached more. Um, if there's another season. Yeah, that was something that I was thinking about too, is I really hope that, um, I really hope that we will see that develop in, in another season and, and get some of those parenting dynamics addressed. I hope that we'll also see uh, Dawn and her mom get explored a little bit further and and that dynamic, which I mean, TV loves to do and, and books too of like a a single a daughter who kind of takes on a caregiving role for her single mother and I, I would really like to see that explored a little bit more as well yeah i think um all of these relationships like will probably get explored more in if there's a second season which i hope there is because i feel like there's just a lot of things that they were introducing as to like introduce these characters and their dynamics and I even want like more about like Marianne um discovering more about her mom right um and like how that how she like identifies with herself with um just like not knowing her not knowing that much about her mom because I feel like it wasn't really like talked about that much in the series but I feel like there's definitely more there too where um she like isn't sure like what her mom was like um when she was alive um so i hope they also do more with that as well so i think that brings us to the episode that's been much talked about um and that made me cry where marianne is caring for a little trans girl and goes from feeling very shy to advocating just spectacularly for this little child and gets a wonderful scene with her dad where she thinks her dad is going to be mad at her and her dad just goes, no, I am so proud of you and you are so much like your mom. It was so lovely to see a world where, first of all, this little trans girl is just embraced and advocated for and taken care of exactly as she should be, where everybody gets it. (laughs) and uh and seeing marianne find the strength in herself to take care of other people even when she has so much trouble sticking up for herself and then the moment that i loved so much is when marianne goes 
can I wear my hair differently? And her dad is like, yes, wear your hair however you want. I don't I don't care how you wear your hair. I just only know how to braid your hair. That's the only thing your mom taught me to do. And that was just like such a such a great nod, both to like what kids will assume about their parents, but also to like this this white dad who has a black daughter and has only a little bit of knowledge of how to how to care for her. And I mean, obviously, like he cares for her, but like the hair issue, right? And um, I do look forward to seeing if maybe we meet some of her mom's extended family, because it made me wonder sort of, well, why didn't her grandmother step in? You know, why why is there this kind of silence uh, around her mom completely? And I, I hope that's something that gets explored. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, that episode was just such, just so good. All the pieces of it. I mean, you've talked about most of them. The other little detail in that episode that I love is, like, when Marianne's with the kid and first realizes this, she's, of course, just sort of immediately on board and doesn't really change anything. But then afterwards, she goes and she talks to someone because she doesn't totally understand and she seeks more information and more education from another source. Like, she has that great conversation with Claudia where, you know, Claudia is from California and has you know, knows stuff about trans issues. Uh, and it's like, yeah, let me explain all this to you. Not Claudia, Dawn. Dawn. I'm bad at names it's okay. in this series. <laughs> but talks to Dawn and Dawn, um, like, explains it all to her. And I really love, I really love that. Yeah, I'm wondering what they're going to do um, if there are more seasons. Um, because it does feel really unfinished. But the thing with it being kind of like a reboot or, like, inspired by these books is that, like, it kind of, it, one, like, kind of limits um, where you could go with the storylines without, like, completely alienating your base, but also they've kind of opened the door to, like, um, all these new, like, new things that I want to know what, like, direction they're going to go with. Are they going to continue in the format where they're like re they're going through the books that have been already established and like exploring those stories and then like maybe kind of like adding in some more in that or are they going to be able to like kind of leave the um um the rigid like storylines to explore new avenues with these characters so like i feel like that could be kind of like a pitfall pitfall for this being like a reboot because hearing what you guys are saying is that like I don't remember these things being storylines when I was reading Babysitter's Club and like they did such a good job with like retelling the storylines that already existed in this way Um, so I'm just like really curious to see like how that is going to develop since they've kind of created this different worlds with these characters yeah it'll it will definitely be interesting and I feel like I remember a show that the first season was really close and the second season deviated but I cannot remember what that show was so I can't actually make that point I do think I mean we do live in the era of Riverdale though so like anything could happen I watched a few episodes of Riverdale and I was just like this is not an Archie comic what the fuck yeah, I watched. I have watched about half an episode of that show. But yeah, it will be really interesting to see. And I was curious about that. So you're saying, Eunice, a lot of these storylines are not necessarily from the books? Because I had to imagine that, like, 
the, the trans kid storyline was probably not in the original books that were written in the 80s and the 90s. I was also curious about whether uh, Stacy being diabetic was in the original books or if that was something they added in. I was curious about, yeah, how much of how much of kind of the flavor of the show is coming from the books? Like, did did the original books deal a lot with, like, for lack of a better word, like, social justice stuff? Yeah, um, you know, I feel like it wasn't really, like, a social justice bent. Like, I, like, I really don't remember that at all. Um, it is, it definitely, like, with the caveat, like, it has been a while since I've, like, read these books, obviously. Um, but... The thing with the uh, like Stacy having diabetes, that was definitely a thing, um, and I think maybe it was like social justice in the way that like it was in the '90s, where you kind of are like kind of like multiculturalism and diversity, where you like like I think maybe like having Marianne's dad be a single parent or like Chrissy's mom be a single parent, I think that was actually pretty revolutionary for the time, um, like exploring like um families that um are like different than the like nuclear family that had that like they were seeing in books and tv shows and things like that like i think that was pretty like revolutionary for that time so i think like the way that like anna martin kind of like wrote these books was to kind of show those things and and so I think that's why it works really well that like the creators of this show kind of took that like spirit um, and like created these new like characters um, from like their original um, what the original material that they had um, but yeah like no the um, the story of Stacy having diabetes and like kind of having to having to deal with that uh, was definitely in the books and a lot of the stuff was in the books it's just like which is why I think it was really it's really like a good like jumping off point to tell these new stories yeah so I think for the time it was pretty um revolutionary so when I started the series, when everyone was being very like hush hush around Stacy and something was up with Stacy, I at first was like, oh, is Stacy the trans girl in this show? And I was really excited. And I think that would be a fun storyline when you have her like a kid like moving from another town and sort of everyone's being hush hush about it. I mean, once it came out that she was diabetic, I was like, oh yes, that that is obviously like established. <laughs> Um, but that was briefly my thought and I was excited about it that's fair I did not I did not go there I assumed that she had an eating disorder Mm -hmm. um, which I think the show was kind of hinting that the other girls were assuming that as well Um, but I really liked the explore yeah a character with a chronic illness so cool so great so one thing that I thought was really really cool with this show that then also reminded me that yeah this is a thing that YA novels do as well, is I think that this show is a really good example of how media for, for y- aimed at young adults can, can be really valuable for adults to consume also for two different reasons. One is a lot of, we talk about this a lot, that young adult novels, and I'd say also this show, often do a really good job of grappling with current issues in really sensitive and thoughtful and hopeful ways. And that's just like great for people of all ages. I think the other thing that, that this show in particular does and that 
that novels can do as well that's really cool is reminding grown-ups of some of the very specific problems that young adults and teens face because I think it's very easy once we you know get into our get past our early mid-20s to forget of to forget what it was like to be a teenager and the kind of things that are really big, really important problems when you're a teenager. And we can sometimes not have as much empathy as we should for those kind of things. And I think that this show did a really, really good job of portraying all of the different problems and issues that these kids are facing. And some of them are things that are just, you know, issues and problems in our world, and some are very specific sort of problems that come with being around that age, like like the episode, the Stacey Boy Crazy episode. And I think that that's, that, that the, the potential that this kind of media has to sort of help build empathy for experiences that you have forgotten about is really cool. That's a thing that I remember while you were um, kind of talking about that was, that I remember reading these books as a kid and, like, wanting to be, like, friends with these girls and, like, wanting to, like, be, like, part of their club. So it's it was very much, like, you got to, like, experience, like, all of these different lives and different experiences w- while reading this book and, like, exploring these characters and their motivations and, like the things that, like, they cared about, the things that they were having problems with. Um, and, like, I'm a big proponent of, like, fiction, creating, like, reading fiction helps you uh, helps you become more empathetic, and um, it's so important to read stories about people that are like yourself, but also, like, people who are not like yourself. And um, I think the Babysitter's Club does such a good job of like you wanting to like really identify with one character and also seeing other characters like other people that you know or that you may not know in the other characters and like being really interested in their lives and their stories as well um so i really love that that uh the series does a really good job in kind of inviting viewers into these characters lives and making it about the the different characters the different girls and um just kind of like you're learning alongside with them yeah i absolutely absolutely agree with all of that and i think also um it doesn't just help us empathize with children it doesn't just help us empathize with other experiences but i find that I find that it helps me parent my inner child too. Like when you see kids handling these things and learning how to navigate maybe kind of simpler conflicts or simpler issues, it helps remind me that the basics, the basic approach is all the same. And this is something that that I've experienced really um, in a in a really really positive way with parenting as well and reading books about like toddler emotions and realizing like oh yes my emotions are really at their root the same as toddler emotions I just have a better grip on them and I think it's always helpful to see 12 year old emotions and and go oh yeah at their root my emotions are are like 12 year old emotions I just have a better grip on them it's always good to be reminded that you know adults are just 
are just grown-up kids. Like, I don't know, that sounds really silly and basic when it comes down to it, but, like, um, I think it can help me with my own stuff to kind of see the more basic version uh, played out. I'm just, I'm, I'm giggling it. Yeah, now we're, we're getting a little, a cameo from, from it. Uh, but no, that's a really good point. And I don't think it is basic to say that adults are just grown up kids because I think we often sort of see kids as a different species sometimes, which, you know, they're, they're not. We are just grown up children. Uh, and it is important to be reminded of that and to, to think of that continuity and the ways in which we're similar and how we can learn from that. Yeah, I have to say I really am curious as to how um, younger children would interact with a show like this because I've only obviously ever talked to like people my age with the show, um, with with the series. Um, but like, I work in a library and I see um, like graphic novels are really big right now and they've made the Babysitter's Club into graphic novels, and they're really popular, and I want to know, like, what those kids who are reading those books are, like, taking away, and, like, what they're going to think about those books, like, 10, 20 years from now. Like, the way that I'm kind of also, like, still, like, Babysitter's Club is still such a big part of, like, my, ch- like, my childhood and my reading journey and what that's going to look like for the kids right now growing up when they're my age. (laughs) Yeah, I really want my daughter to watch this show, but I think she's still too young. She's going to be seven in December, and she still mostly just likes shows that have animals that have, like, high-tech gadgets, which is, like, a whole subset of Netflix. But, like, I'm really curious, too, because I love it. It's really... um, I think it's great, but I don't know how kids approach it I don't think I know any 12 year olds I do actually want to put out one little shout out that I forgot to say which is the scene where Christy gets her first period from the very beginning of the episode I was like oh she is gonna get her period on this day and I was watching with Tom and Tom was so worried for her and it was really cute (laughs) but we were just watching it and we kept like every time she stood up we'd be like okay okay we're just on the edge of our seats through the whole thing. <laughs> um, oh, that's what, incredible. What a well done scene. <laughs> well, I think that's about it. Um, it's a really fun series. Definitely, if you have some time, it's worth watching. It's it's uh, heartwarming and really pretty. Like, it's really well done from a film perspective. Yeah, really good. Thanks for listening to Yeah! If you want to leave feedback, suggest a book for us to read, or just say hi, send us an email at theyapodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at yapodcast, and individually, I'm at the Balesosaurus. I'm at Teverbear. And I'm at the, la- the Unicorn Reads a Book, Unicorn with an E, on Instagram. If you like the show and want to help us make it even better, consider supporting us on Patreon. You can get all kinds of great perks, including early access to bonus content, shoutouts, guest appearances, and more. Head to patreon.com slash podcast to donate. Shout out to our patrons, Catherine Rishi, Erica Stuchberry, Kat McGuire, Lizzie Tenhove, Chantal Thomas, Matt Deaver, and Megan Jane. We have merch. Hit the merch link in the description of this episode or any episode to get some from the fine folks over at TeePublic. 
You can also support us for free by leaving a rating and review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts or subscribing on Spotify and by sharing this episode with a friend. Special thanks to Great Bear for letting us use their song Jenny's Groove as our theme music. You can find their music for sale at greatbearmusic.bandcamp.com. Uh, I'm actually just going to add a little Great Bear shout out um, because Noah Van Orstrand from Great Bear is now on Facebook doing a tune a day and it's really fun and you should follow him and uh, listen to that. This episode was produced by Tefra Jemian. That's me and edited by Tom Zalatni as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. Hey there, campers. My name is Emmett, and I'm the host of Gaze in the Woods, a podcast that explores rural LGBTQIA2 experiences, from radical fairies and lesbian farmers to backwoods slam poets and community organizers organizing communities the community didn't know where they were all along. Can you have a pride parade when you're the only gay in the village? What is camp when you live in a trailer? And if a genderqueer bear shares their pronouns in the forest and nobody gets it, is anything real? I don't know, but let's find out together on Gaze in the Woods, an Upford Network podcast. I'm Tom Zalatni, host and producer of Up for Discussion, the emotionally honest comedy podcast. What does that mean? It means we're not afraid to get vulnerable, explore the human side of comedy, and be super duper open about the ways that we're struggling to become better people along the way. Still have no idea what I'm talking about? Fair enough. Come give us a listen. The Up for Discussion podcast, available on the Upford Network and wherever else you get your podcasts.